Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. All thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. This week, our guest is Aussie cricket comedian, the 12th man, Billy Birmingham. Welcome back to All Talk with Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport podcast coming to you on SEN. Back for another round of interviews. Uh, This one's a particularly special one for me personally because it's my old man, the 12th man, Billy Birmingham, cricket comedian, comedian generally. We'd, uh, we've always wanted to uh, to have him on. He's been a heavily requested guest. Now we get to hear from him. So here he is, Billy Birmingham. How's the new scooter? Fabulous. I feel like, well, just, I've got nice to feel the wind in the hair again. I realise it's in the head again, not the hair. I've been riding around like a kid in a candy store. It's just great. He, um, he's been going to like heaps of, you know, meetups with dudes trying to flog scooters and like bartering with them. And one guy was like not... <laughs> budging on this price and so dad goes what if i show you photos of my granddaughter and just starts showing him photos of like evie and zoe's his background trying to get him to bring the price down the guy's like he was just a he was a lawyer he was a lawyer and he's about to go to his country property so i thought you know he's he's not short of a quid tried to knock him down 300 bucks he said no come on you know your wife said she wants it out of the garage he said no no i'm thinking i just got it registered come on mate I'll show you a photo of my granddaughter. <laughs> held up the phone. What did he say? I didn't crack a smile. Or no, no. Oh, that's, see, that's funny. Yeah, no, that's just, that's just, he's just, just a bloke thinking outside the box. Just before I came over here, mm. I saw an ad for a TV show. It was on Channel 9, so I'd had my favourite voice doing it. You know, the block. Yeah, yeah. The most exciting reveal ever. <laughs> the other night, the other day, Tom rang me. And he, I was laughing. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, I just made myself laugh doing my impersonation of the Channel 9 guy. Who's an, who's an old one giggling <laughs> himself. I was, well, what I was, are you I was, laughing at? I was amusing myself. His name's Steve Britton. And I had just done the longest ever that I've ever done. You know, the block. The most exciting reveal ever. And I amazed myself at how long I was able to hang on to it. And I started laughing. On to the ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, right. And, so, and I just really hung on to it and I just made myself laugh. And then Tom Ring says, what are you doing? I said, I just made myself laugh doing the channel. Anyway, anyway he's all over the block at the moment. It's just you know, the most exciting backyard reveals ever. Anyway, he's doing this ad for... Over the years, people have always talked about and comedians have made jokes about you don't want to think about your parents rooting. You know, (laughs) people have made jokes about, oh, I don't want to... There's a show that Kate Langbrook's doing. It's it's kids kids putting their parents up for this show and then sitting back watching on TV, dads hooking up with, you know, so someone's put their mum up, someone's put Uh, their mum up, someone's put their dad up and then all these people are mixing and matching trying to find... 
The one. The one. My yeah. mum, your dad. Jesus oh, Christ. My mum, your dad. How's he spinning that one? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, the the most, greatest route ever. Yeah, exactly. Fossil f***. <laughs> Can these wrinklies get a root? Um, I just thought, what a show. I mean, I suppose these days, anything will anything. Yeah, there's will no go. limit. So the fact that you know people always going, oh, no, you don't want to think about your mum and dad. <laughs> um, now they're making a TV show, and people are going, oh, all these girls are just going, oh, ah, oh, no, oh, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Hell, seriously. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport. Thanks to Neds. Take your betting to the Neds level and download the fully loaded Neds app today. But as always, gamble responsibly. You're talking about how shit TV is. Did you ever write TV shows? Did you ever have any ideas? Did you have an idea for a movie or something once or is that? Two friends of mine, Paul Goodwin and Paul Mortimer, back in late 80s, we went a long way down the track of a doco on the Melbourne Cup. Because we all had jobs, mm. but we'd get together sort of, you know, once we'd all finished like 5, 36 o'clock, have a few beers. Paul was the main <laughs> writer, but we'd, we'd kick around ideas and had all these reference books about Archer, the first winner who walked from now down to Melbourne and all that. So all it was the, serious? All about, oh yeah, it was serious. Did you give a shit about horse racing? I was a gambler. I wasn't a punter. Mm. So the excitement for me was having, you know, 10 each way on something that's 15, 20 to 1. Yeah. Not... Backing a two-to-one favourite. No, you've passed that on to your son. Yes. We would sit and work out sort of what the next chapter, next scene should be. And then Paul Mortimer, who was a very good writer, went away and wrote the actual words. And we were looking at Jack Thompson, uh, Brian Brown, you know, like... Big name, uh, big Big name, Aussie, to present it. And so we sent a limo down... Uh, to Brian's place, we spoke to his agent and said, you know, I've got this idea, want yeah. to know if he's interested. So we'll send a limo down to pick him up and bring him over to the office. Is this when limos were like Limos classy? were limos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when limos yeah. were... Because they've gone limos off Limos were a big deal. Limos aren't a big deal anymore, but limo, like, no. I which is sad. Limos were a big deal. Brian was a big deal and we wanted to know... <laughs> Whether whether he'd do it, I like he sent a limo, because well, that was it was classy. No, that is. Oh yeah, it was bottle of champagne well, and we, a stripper in there. But the thing is, if you if you're three nuff nuffs trying to get a, a you know a proper yeah, doco, you got you got and it was a doco that included a lot of sort of reenactments too. It wasn't just someone talking and old footage. We were going to do some sort of reenactments of famous Moments. You know, backstories, things yep. that really happened. Brian came around and. Paul's studio was actually in his in his house, so it was like, you know, studio, and then there was the lounge room. Brian came in, and he's always been a good guy. I've got to know him over the years since then, but he probably wouldn't even remember this. So he came in, he wanted some <laughs> cup of tea and some peanut butter toast. I just never forget, it just seemed <laughs> weird, just, uh, you know? <laughs> what, yeah, after he the limo? <laughs> well, the limo, he didn't have time for brekkie or something. He right? said, hey, yeah, I had a cup of tea and got any peanut butter toast. <laughs> Can't honestly tell you why it didn't get up and running. I did speak to Paul Mortimer, the, the main writer, recently, and I said, you know, I can't remember why that thing faded away. Mm. It's still, it was still a, a great, a a great story. Because there were so many stories about the Melbourne Cup. Mm. You know, so many yarns. Which uh, we, are, we are recording the day before the Melbourne Cup, just in case anyone is listening. Oh, are we? We're allowed to tell that, are we? Well, it doesn't matter. People can know. Um, yes, we are. We're recording the day before the Melbourne Cup. It's like financing shit like that in those times. Where, where were you at in your like? Brian would have then? been a big selling point for us to raise the money. But were you already working for EMI, mm-hmm. record company? Okay, so you were at least in the world. No, sorry. Yeah, I had, I had my company. 
So you'd already done Australiana? Yeah. Okay, right. So you'd already done some Yeah, so I did, yeah, yeah, I'd done Australiana and um, maybe maybe the first 12th man record. I can't remember. But, you know, Paul worked for an advertising agency, Paul Mortimer, and Paul Goodwin was a very successful radio producer. And um, they were punters. I was a gambler. They were punters. And just looking at research books on the Melbourne Cup, there were so many f***ing unbelievable things that happened mm. through the years, from jockeys and horse stories and tragedies and whatever. It's still a great, it's still a great idea. Can't, as I said, I can't remember why it, it fell apart, but we, if we had Brian on board, that would have helped us go and get the money to do it. Yes. You're a shy guy generally, which I, I think I like in the like you know I feel like most people like are sort of shocked by that shit sometimes when they hear about it. Like, what pub, shit? you know, because you're funny and you're like I guess outgoing presenting, but also like you know you don't like to necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a lot of people can't public. believe that I don't like sort of doing you know public performance and stuff. You know, yeah. Jimmy Barnes rings me, and for some reason, he's just a hard guy to say no to. Don't know why, because I haven't done any you know speaking roles or whatever phrases. He said, listen, you know, my gardener, my, my builder, he's the secretary of the uh, Robertson Cricket Club. <laughs> They're having their 50th anniversary. And Jimmy said, oh, I thought they wanted me to come and sing a f- song. But he said, you know, Billy, don't you? And he said, yeah, said, do you reckon you can get him to... A guy rings me and I just... So <laughs> I've committed. Sing. I've committed on November 12th, I'm going back to the Highlands, coming out of retirement, and I'm going to be the guest speaker slash interviewee at the Robbo Robertson Bowling Club for their 50th anniversary gala event. Look, I just, you know, I'm committed now. I just got to go down there and just crap on about how the does a guy make a living for 30 years doing this shit, you know? I mean, it's, I am, as Tom, I've said it, I'm enormously proud of the fact that somebody doing stuff as stupid as me, mm. you know, like taking the piss out of a sports coverage, can have seven consecutive number one albums on the ARIA charts up there with Midnight Oils, Cold Chisel, In Excess, Kylie, Bono, <laughs> U2. I mean, where else in the world would that happen? It's nowhere. It's ridiculous. It is. It's so good. It is. Are and you that's the not... only one that's had all number ones? I'm the only one who had consecutive until... And I used to tease Jimmy with it, Barnes. <laughs> Because the most number ones for years was Farnham, Barnes and me. Uh, those guys, of course, were going to keep going, whereas I was, you know. And <laughs> I used to say to Jim, you know, mine were seven consecutive, like every album I've done. Mm. He had a couple in the middle of his career that, well, that, that didn't go to number one. <laughs> yeah. I just said, you know, if you only, if only hadn't f***ed up in those middle years, you know, <laughs> didn't put enough in there. You didn't give it enough. Um, and we used to take the piss out of each other. So, no, those guys have... I mean, Jimmy certainly has surpassed. I mean, there's no but, ARIA charts anymore now. It was downloads and all that sort of shit, you know. Yeah, so but you are the o- but I thought you were <laughs> the only person to go number one with everything that they'd released. Yes, yeah. I, I was pretty cool. For many years, I was the only recording artist to have seven consecutive number one albums, mm. which just happened to be all the albums. And I was there a year where you were the highest selling album of the year? Yeah, I got like, the ARIA. Beat like Meatloaf, yeah. Meatloaf presented me with the. Oh, a, you were number one in Australia. Yeah, but yeah. Like, that's what. The but biggest bands in the country yeah. were winning, are winning every I mean, year. Are you the only comedian to ever do that? Yeah. It's just. What, so, what album did you get but, most sales uh, for? Wide World of Sports 2. I mean, Love that and, one. And that was the, the, the award that I want to win. I mean, best comedy album. Yeah. Uh, highest selling album of the year. You know, Crowded House, Kylie, all these heavyweights. So silly. All these rock royalty. Tina Arena, and <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, so Meatloaf, the meat. 
was uh, Mate, he presented. wrote some piece as well. And Wide World of Sports 2 was written in Roman numerals. Yeah. So Meatloaf said, and the winner is Wired World of Sports 11. <laughs> 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 this guy's had a good run. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.